Macy Gage from the Tangentialist blog digs up and discusses events and experiences from her own collaged history on having a stigmatized condition known as bipolar. She relates, reflects, and refocuses it into infectiously funny anecdotes and amusing stories that will have you in stitches. Being a roaming artist, a roaming distracted artist, that reinvents and reimagines her goals constantly, this podcast takes you down a twisting rabbit hole of icons and avenues of slightly familiar yet offbeat occurrences. Join her every other week as she delves into her own bizarre memory banks, pulling out some eccentric moments that capture the intimacy on the ups and downs of this disorder lived out in her electric days of her rebellious youth. Hello, glorious humanoids. Welcome back to the Tangentialist podcast with Macy Gage. And we are on episode number 29. Woohoo! Exciting stuff. I can't believe I have uh, gotten this far. It is very exciting for me, as I hope it is for you. And just a, a quick sort of refresher if you're new to this uh, this channel. This is my podcast that is about living with bipolar and what it feels like to be tripped up by disorder and how I manage some strategies and techniques and just ways that I've learned to cope with it and see the brighter side of things. Okay, so let's take a, a deep dive into the uh, 29th episode that is one where I've titled it Empathy lacks where rudeness is apparent. And and this for me, someone who has had a traumatic brain injury and also has bipolar from the traumatic brain injury, has been part of my sort of personality, part of my sort of toolbox, something that I have needed to sort of recognize and and reposition and make a sort of conscious effort to make it not as evident to others as it may have been early on uh, in my sort of recovery. This I can remember with some amusement uh, as I used to be very obvious and blunt. Right after my car uh, crash, I mean, I would tell you exactly how I felt with no sort of quote, kid gloves or niceties to sort of soften my, my lack of compassion. I wanted to actually give some examples of me being so blunt and in your face with my, my honesty. And you know what? My memory is, is good at creating this strategy of coping by erasing it, which is not very good when I'm trying to recall things to to give, you know, strategies for how I got past things and things like that. But I do remember a couple, you know, they were kind of like, oh my gosh, in my face, how could I forget them? And so these, and I'm not going to give every single detail because it is a bit embarrassing, but I, I can give uh, just a general sort of summary of what, what actually happened. And, and the two that really stick out are when I was a part of a, a dinner party with with Jude when we were first dating. We were still we were still in university and we decided to have a bunch of our friends over. Well, actually, they were my high school friends uh, for a dinner party. And one of them, yeah, it was Jacob. Jacob that came over with 
with some other friends and and I guess I felt nervous and and just awkward at that moment and and we were probably drinking that didn't help I ended up blurting out something like oh yeah remember Jacob when when your stepbrother got in that car accident and killed our friend Daryl and uh, that just you know kind of froze the whole conversation and and Jacob decided to just, you know, get up and go after that because that's definitely something that will make everyone uncomfortable. And that's what I did. I just, yeah, and I've done that a number of times. Uh, the other example is when, uh, what was it? It was when I was talking to people, a lot, a lot of people in my classes. I also, again, felt awkward and, and uneasy. And so I just blurted out, some sexual <laughs> escapades of of mine to these these friends that were in well they weren't really friends they were just classmates right and i was just blurting out all this stuff to to these people it's it's definitely not appropriate <laughs> to be talking about anything sexual especially in public uh, situations like classes right post secondary classes so yeah those are two examples that are yeah <laughs> not good to do those things and and best well best to just keep them to yourself uh, and I don't know as I give an insight to this episode and and yeah there's other ways of of managing these things and uh in a way being surrounded by uh sort of other people has just has just helped uh, to enormous de- to an enormous degree uh, being being surrounded though by doctors and nurses and uh, therapists for sort of the better part of a, a decade wasn't entirely helpful. Yes, they were looking out for my best interest in regards to my health and well-being, but at the same time they were sort of shielding me from any outside influences or sort of any social interactions as others have through their, their work, colleagues, uh, their friends, and, and sort of family members. Not saying that I didn't have my family there uh, with me, but of course it was at sort of a, a, limited, uh, a limited interaction kind of basis. But it was sort of, yeah, at a limited capacity as they were only allowed to sort of visit me during visiting hours at the hospital, and it was also limited to the the space of the hospital, as well as whatever responsibilities they had. I mean, they couldn't just drop everything and and just come over all the time, right? They had things that they had to do. Also, uh, at that time, my sort of favorite restaurant was Red Lobster. So Maureen and Bruce, my, my parents, had it delivered to the hospital for me one evening, and, and I really appreciated that. It felt like I was at the restaurant. Uh, the visits I had were infrequent from friends, and at times, I was not very coherent. Sometimes I thought I was in the hospital because I broke my leg, and this was because when I became lucid, my leg was in a cast, and this was to relieve the muscle atrophy that was happening because I was in the hospital bed for extended periods of time. Uh, and at the same time, when I, like I said, when I become sort of lucid and, and, and 
was feeling more conscious of you know what was what was happening around me i had this sort of idea in my head where i held on to this image or um, my my sort of imaginary image of jake and my boyfriend at the time and how i thought he was such a wonderful person and how uh, to me he was my life at that time Slowly, it started to come into focus, though, the reality of it all. I spoke with the passenger uh, in the back seat of this, uh, this car that nearly, uh, that nearly fatal day, May 23rd, 1997. Veronica was her name. She was another art student in one of my classes. She filled me in on what happened. She said... We rented a car to go on the Wonderland graduating trip of that year. We decided to pick up some beer on the way in cans. She informed me that I said I hated beer in cans. (laughs) And after that, Jake suggested we pull over and do some lines of E. He pulled over onto the shoulder on the the 401 highway cutting up three lines, one large one for him, two smaller ones for the two of us. Neither of us finished our lines, while Jake finished all of them, including his own. Right after that, Veronica said he got back on the highway and drove into the median, or the meridian, in the center, flipping the car. And just before this, I had taken my seatbelt off because Jake had suggested I get in the back seat because I had previously had my feet on the dash. I climbed over into the rear of the, of the car and after the car crash, I was found in the passenger side under the dashboard. Many times I have wondered why I didn't hit the glass and go straight through plummeting to my death on the road ahead. I have wondered, who am I here to influence or change their direction in life? I wish sometimes I had an angel called Clarence in my life to show me what differences I have made to the lives of others. Calling to mind the famous movie It's a Wonderful Life with James Stewart and Donna Reed. But that is me getting caught up in the details of life when I need to be living it. (laughs) Speaking of living life and living it, when I titled it Empathy Lacks and Rudeness is Apparent, I wanted to check out other websites to see what they have to say on the subject connected with brain injury and bipolar. Here is a quick sort of summary with a couple websites that I will provide on the tangentalist.com slash Facebook page. Here goes. Okay, so what is it? Sorry, trying to read here. Egocentric, self-centered, and insensitive to the needs of others. These social problems often arise in people with severe traumatic brain injury. This is from a study done in Australia on the Science Daily website. And I'll provide that website on the Facebook uh, page. Uh, Here's another quick sort of summary. Uh, Evidence indicates that social and emotional deficits 
can occur as direct consequences to injury to any system associated with emotional processing. Age at which injury occurs and age when skills may be assessed are therefore crucial considerations. And again, I'll have the website for this uh, provided on the facebook.com backslash tangentialist page. Shortly, going to a therapist or a sort of cognitive behavioral therapist, to one that specializes in brain injury and using compassion-focused imagery for treatment of severe head injury can help people with traumatic brain injury regain their skill of empathy and compassion for others. But like everything, our behavior and and, uh, those around us, it is a sophisticated skill that can be relearned with practice and reflection. Let me say that again. Our minds and our bodies need time to heal. I think I skipped that line. That's one problem I have. Okay, so like everything, it takes practice and time. Our minds and our bodies need time to heal, recover, and recognize our behaviors and those around us. It is a sophisticated skill that can be relearned with practice and reflection. So the insight for this episode is get yourself a journal or a notebook. Anything with lined paper in it will do. You can you can find these at the dollar store or a uh, bookstore or even, you know, like a department store, like a discount place, like say Walmart or whatever. Um, So yeah, you can find these. Yeah, um, this uh, will be where you can sort of jot down your achievements of the week or the day or the month or whatever, whatever time frame you you think is best and things that you are sort of proud you are, you're accomplishing or stuff that you remembered, uh, or thoughts of, uh, or things that you have thought of. How you helped out your neighbor or your colleague with a project, or, or family member that you, you assisted in some way. So, so these are great little tools that you can sort of reflect on at the, say, say the end of the month, or sort of just to show your progress. The summer is also a great time to sort of reflect on where you are, at in your sort of uh, recovery and just sort of do a mental checklist or even a written one, maybe that's even better, just to, you know, gauge where you're at, things you need to work on, things that you're doing really well with and, and just, you know, be happy with how you are progressing. And, and yeah, this, uh, as I called this, this podcast, this episode Empathy lacks when rudeness is apparent. Well, those, that's a realization in my sort of behavior and, and what I have noticed uh, that my bipolar has brought about and my, my brain injury and how that has affected my circumstances. But for everyone, there's going to be a different, a different understanding and a different awareness of, of how how you have reacted with your your injury or your your condition and how you've engaged with others and your family and your in your immediate surroundings and your in in just yeah everything and how you've learned to cope and how you've learned to manage and how you've learned to overcome things and and we need to remember 
that we're not sort of static in one place. We're we are always changing. We are always, in my mind, I think we're always we're always getting better at a, every single day. Every day brings a new new challenges and and yeah, just just it's great that we can we can just reflect on all of our all of our progresses and all of our accomplishments and and meet new challenges every day with an open mind. So thank you, Glorious Humanoids, uh, for tuning in, and I will see you next time. Remember to like, share, and comment on this Tangentalist podcast. You can do that at http colon backslash backslash www.facebook.com backslash Tangentalist. That's T-A-N-G-E-N-T-A-L-I-S-T with a capital T. And this is what I will go into great deal with in the next episode as I take you down another rabbit hole of my heady days of my rebellious youth, tripped up by disorder. Folding up these anecdotes, I express them to you and I give them for you to enjoy and consider as I reflect and remodel and re-engage what the future has for me on these social platforms. See you next time on The Tangentalist.